everyone. Welcome to Coffee with a Missionary, a podcast that takes you one step closer to the missionary life through conversations with actual missionaries serving in countries all over Latin America and the Caribbean. We are Noah and Mel Lane, coming to you from the heart of Oaxaca, Mexico, where our family serves as missionaries with Assemblies of God World Missions. We're super excited to share with you Season 1, which features throwbacks to some engaging conversation from our live stream days. If this is your first time or fifth time listening, thank you for taking the time to listen. We pray it will be a blessing to your life. We really strive to make the conversations engaging and enjoyable by covering a range of different topics, from sharing about everyday life while living overseas, to ministry opportunities, and everything in between. In today's episode, we're revisiting an interview with the remarkable missionary Lexi Bishop, serving in deaf ministry in Colombia. It's going to be an amazing conversation. We're so thankful to have you here with us. So stay tuned until the end also as we share with you some exciting news about season two. So without further ado, let's settle in for this episode of Coffee with a Missionary. Hello, everybody. Uh, We are here with uh, Lexi Bishop, an MA to Nicaragua. Hi, Lexi. Hi, how are you guys? It's great for you to uh, be with us, and thanks for taking the time. Um, Just real quickly, kind of just explain who you are, um, what God's called you to do in in Nicaragua. All right. Well, I am a MA in Nicaragua. I have been there for Well, I left for my MA term in 2016, so I'm actually almost done with my, I've actually done more than two years. Um, I'm actually finishing this term in August. I I work with the deaf community in Nicaragua at a deaf school that was started by a fully appointed missionary couple 24 years ago, um, Matt and Eva Barlow. So I've been working with them for the last two years, and I also did an internship with them in 2013. So I teach um, high school English and Christian education, and I also work with our deaf ministries. Um, In the past, I've worked with our coffee house, which is temporarily recessed, but it's something that we do with the deaf. And we also have a deaf church. So obviously, I'm involved with the ministry that we do in the church. That's so exciting. Um, It's so cool. And I'm sure for a lot of people listening, they might not have a lot of familiarity with deaf ministry. Um, with even with the need. Uh, so could you share a little bit like wh- what is the need of the deaf community in, in Nicaragua and, and how did like God lead you to that? Okay, well, I got started with deaf ministry actually at Valley Forge. I graduated from Valley Forge Christian College, which is now the University of Valley Forge in uh, Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And I did not know sign language when I came to the university, but I met um, Dr. Joanne Smith, and she's the department chair of Deaf Studies at Valley Forge, and a really cool group of Deaf students. And I started learning, and I just became friends with them. Started going to their church, started traveling with them, and I actually ended up going to Peru. And it was there that I think I started to really see the need for Deaf ministry in Latin America, because there we met a whole bunch of Deaf people, and they really wanted a church with someone who could sign, who could pastor that church, who could teach them about God. And you could see how hungry they were um, to know more and how little they really did understand about God. And I just, through that whole experience, I felt this incredible 
burden to be able to do that. And I started to pray. And about a couple months after that, because that was in July when I returned to school, I was really praying. And uh, Brett, um, Hilda Bradney, who was a missionary in Costa Rica for, I think, 30 years, maybe more. Don't quote me on that. But she, she came to me and she goes, there's this couple that does deaf ministry in Nicaragua and they're coming to the school for our missions convention. And I've set up an interview for you, for you with them and you're going to you're going to meet them. And I was like, oh, really? It was, it, was, it was such a God thing. So I interviewed with Matt and Eva and they graciously extended the opportunity for me to go and serve there for three months. And at the end of that, they told me that if I would like to come back, I was welcome to do that. And that's how I got connected. And after I graduated from Valley Forge, I applied to become an MA and I went to work with them. Well, very version. That's amazing. Wow. Um, uh, a couple comments. First, uh, Eric Gillette, uh, he says, I'm Dave and Carol Ellis's son-in-law. And he, he asked you to sign something in Argentine. I don't, do you know Argentine? <laughs> no, I don't. That is a very good point though. Not all sign languages are the same. Nicaraguan sign language is different from Costa Rican, which is different from um, the Honduras. In Honduras, they have a different sign language. In Mexico, their sign language is very different. I met a deaf uh, Mexican couple this last year in Costa Rica, and uh, they um, their sign language is very different. So it's, it's a very good point. They're, they're, they're all different. All sign languages are not the same. So, Dave and Carol Ellis commented as well. They said they actually commented on that um, comment by Eric. They said, "Hi, Eric. We're proud of Alexi and our, her service." Uh, oh, they said, "We're we're proud of Lexi." So, uh, a little shout out there. But um, so, talk a little bit about that. You mentioned how sign language is different in different countries. Um, I, I know my wife Mel, and she's usually on here, but. Um, our baby's acting up. So she's, uh, she's taking care of that. But I know that she would loves to wants to learn sign language. Um, but I, I have no knowledge of sign language, but I'm wondering how different is it from Nicaraguan to American sign language? Just take those for example. Okay. Well, like Spanish to English, there are some crossover words. There are signs in this case that are the same. There are some, but there's also many that are different. So I would say that knowing the American Sign Language first was very helpful because I already had that pattern in my of, of understanding a, a spatial language. And so when I went to Nicaragua, it was more like I was replacing the signs and I was kind of replacing the word order because sometimes they sign things differently because they tend to sign them more like you would speak Spanish unless like, we sign in American Sign Language, which isn't actually in English, but it's a different order. So it was learning to change the order a little bit and learning the new signs. I would wow. say that. So it, it took me probably three months to start to really be able to use the Nicaraguan Sign Language. It may be six months before I felt like I was had some kind of flu, like fluidity that was natural that came out easily in conversation. But it took me. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. So you had to learn Spanish and sign language. Yes, that is one of the biggest challenges, I think, to doing deaf ministry. When you do deaf ministry, you not only have to learn the language of the country and the people that you go to, their spoken language, but you also have to learn a sign language and probably some sign languages from the surrounding countries. If it's 
if you're in a small country like in, Latin, in, in Central America, I interact with people in Costa Rica and Honduras and Mexico. And so learning some of their sign language is also very important. So it is a much it's, a, it's different because you have to learn. You have to have you have to have good. Uh, I don't know, not language skills, but you have to be willing to put in the effort, I guess, to learn more than just one language. Yeah. Wow. So what are what are some of your, your biggest challenges in working with the deaf community? Well, um, getting them all together because, you know, deaf, I mean, deaf people are not like, you know, if you go to a country, you know, if I, if I go to Costa Rica, all the coast, you know, not all of them, but, you know, they're, they're they're Costa Ricans. They're there in Costa Rica. But when you go to work with the deaf, you go in and you have to build relationships. You have to find out where they are because they're oftentimes, sometimes they do live together in groups, especially in Africa. There are some whole villages that are where the deaf people come together to live. But a lot of times, you know, you have to find out where they are. You have to, it's a very slow process of building a relationship, of bringing them together, of building trust with them because Many deaf people have um, very broken trust. They, they don't trust hearing people uh, because they've been so hurt and uh, taken advantage of by the hearing community because they're such a misunderstood, um, unreached people group. Mm. So it's, that's one of the biggest. And also education is a big thing, too. It can be very hard to teach someone um, about the love of God. And if, you, if they don't have a full language skills, so you'll find that some of our deaf, um, they come from, uh, I guess, they, they will come to you with, a, with some language and they will come with the ability to communicate and with some Spanish and with some sign. But then you will also meet a lot of deaf, an overwhelming number of deaf people who have never had the opportunity to learn sign language or Spanish. So they have a lot of language gaps. So you have to work with that in order to be able to communicate the gospel to them. You have to be able to have the patience to also be working with the sign language and the Spanish. And just, it's a, it's a lot of prayer, a lot of prayer and a lot of waiting for the Holy spirit to, to work in their hearts and help them to understand. Hmm. So uh, we've gotten a few requests for you to sign something. I, I don't know if that's putting you on the spot, um, but nice. yeah, um, why don't you sign like um, sign uh a greeting to everybody, introduce yourself uh, through sign language. Okay, well, in American Sign Language, you know, we say hello and then we can say nice to meet you. That would be in English. Um, hello is, is basically, you know, you just wave hello. <laughs> I mean, this is a sign, but if you're waving, you just wave hello. Um, if you're gonna say mucho gusto, like, you know, it's nice, you know, it's a pleasure to meet you. This is the sign for that in Nicaraguan Sign Language. So. Uh -huh. Yeah. Do they have a specific word? If anyone has a, something they want to know, they can ask me. And not, oh, every, not, not every word has a sign, so I'll give you the sign that would be the equivalent for that. If it's a, don't ask me how to sign like you know some really long word because it probably doesn't have a sign. Probably have to fingerspell it. Okay. Uh, what, what if you just want to say um, uh, we want to let you know that Jesus loves you. Uh, he has a plan for your life. Okay. I want to let you know that Jesus loves you and he has a plan for your life. Yeah. Wow. Great job. Is that um, American Sign Language, Nicaraguan? That would, American, that would be American Sign Language. It's American Sign Language in an, in an English word order. Okay. All right. So if, um, 
I guess I, I don't fully know Spanish yet, um, but if you're going to say that in Spanish, how would you sign that in Nicar Nicaraguan? Well, probably very similar, I guess. Say, oh, there you go. Wonderful. Great job! That's awesome. It is. It is like there are there are a lot of similarities, but there's also some some very different signs. Okay, so for example, in American Sign Language, this is our sign for student. Um, but in Nicaraguan Sign Language, this would be the sign for for students. Okay. So different. And, and, and oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead. What were you gonna say? You say like the sign for teacher. This would be the sign for teacher in in American Sign Language, but in Nicaraguan Sign Language, we sign teacher or um, I guess that would be like maestro. So. And it, how how um, you know standard are the different languages? Is it something that's pretty fluid, kind of developing all the time? Or is it something that's pretty established? It depends on the country because some countries have very established sign language or signing systems and some are still developing. Uh, some use the Americans or use something that's very similar to American sign language. For example, in the Dominican, they use um, a lot of American sign language. We have two Dominican mm -hmm. students in our Bible school and I can, I can use American sign language with them and they'll understand me no problem. Now, they do have a few signs that are different, but the majority of their signs are the same. And that would be, I guess, because they've taken the American Sign Language and chosen to use it there rather than um, have, like, rather than start from scratch. But I know that they also told me that they have, that as the language continues, it becomes less and less like American Sign Language and becomes more of their own. It reflects their own culture. So there are some signs that are different there as well. And it is continuing to change and become less and less like American Sign Language. Wow. That's fascinating. Um, I mean, there's so much more we could learn and, and ask about um, the deaf community and sign language, but um, kind of want to focus back just on your life as a missionary. Um, so you're a missionary and associate in Nicaragua. Um, you know, what do you do just to relax and to recharge? Because I imagine that's very draining. Um, well, I actually go. I actually started in Costa Rica. I joined a CrossFit gym, which I didn't know what CrossFit was. So I'm not one of those groupies. I didn't even know what it was, and I got introduced to it by another MA. And actually, two Thank MAs you. that were. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? You think it was Christian at first? I didn't know what it was. I had no idea. I always thought CrossFit. I always thought it was Christian. Like, oh, CrossFit. But <laughs> well, some of the some of the hats of the gear have the Bible verse on it. That's their um, the I don't know that one of the more famous CrossFit people. It's like his tagline, but it's a Bible verse. So wow. some of the gear does have a Bible verse on it. So it could be very confusing. But I didn't even know what it was, and I just went and I really enjoyed it, and it really helped me to do something that didn't require so much thinking because, you know, when you first go to Costa Rica, as I said, I started in Costa Rica and then I joined another one in Nicaragua and um, it helped me to recharge because, you know, I was taking language classes and that's very mentally draining because I did not have any Spanish before entering language school. And so you're really exhausted mentally after all those hours of sitting and trying to understand conjugations and weird words and your tongue is all twisted up and you feel all awkward. And then, so I, I started going there because it was very, it helped me to relax. And it actually had a twofold thing because as I got involved in that gym, I was able to make friendships through it. And it gave me 
a whole group, a whole group of people that I could socialize with outside of my ministry, as well as doing ministry. But it also gives me, it ex- I guess it makes me feel more like a part of the community because it helped me to integrate, I think, into life in Costa Rica and then later into Nicaragua and build relationships with people that I wouldn't normally have contact with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Um, on amazing uh in the level that you shared but also too because it helps you gives you an avenue for physical health obviously helps you stay up on that and uh so that's really cool um ray smith just commented and said good to see you oh yeah he was a student at valley forge while i was a student there (laughs) awesome um so we got time for a couple more questions here um but for we we got a question from instagram and it's from a, a, a girl. She says, um, my, me and my girlfriends are uh, students at Southeastern University. Mm-hmm. And uh, their desire is to be MAs um, as soon as possible coming out of college. And so they're just wondering what steps can they take either now or what can they prepare for in the future to, to make that as smooth as possible? Okay. My senior semester of my senior year of college that January I applied I put my application in then because it can I mean it is a lengthy process there's a lot of steps a lot of um, approvals you have to get a lot of papers you have to I don't know get together and fill out and so I found that you know starting that application my senior semester helped to move things along faster but also good communication it it really, uh, you, if you communicate well, it helps that process to be to be more smooth. I think that's something that I personally learned because when I first started with my application, I think I didn't I didn't keep as well in communication as I probably should have, and that was something that was um, something that I've learned that it's really important to stay on top of things and to be very um, always be very respectful, very patient, but also to make sure that you are making yourself available and you are communicating. Mm-hmm. On top of um, and, and what was that? I said, and, and of course, you know, showing a lot of patience because it, there are a lot of steps involved in it. There's a lot of people that have to read your application. So remembering to be patient and to, I don't know, just, I don't know, it's a process and you just have to do it and, you know, trust God and pray and, be a good communicator. Be patient. Awesome. Awesome. Um, also, w- what opportunities um, exist specifically to work among the deaf in missions? Okay. Um, I would say deaf missions is a very open field because there are not a lot of people that are doing deaf ministry. There are some deaf ministries, but most of them are very small. And I think with the Assemblies of God, um, no, don't quote me on this. I think, at least in Latin America, I think there are two missionaries that do, two missionary couples that do deaf ministry. One of them is in Mexico, and one of them is Matt and Eva Barlow, obviously. So that's, I, so I mean, it's a very open field. There's a huge need. So there's, oh, and the McLeuys, the McLeuys are also um, going to Colombia uh, to work with deaf there. But it's it's an open field because there are so many places, so many countries where we could use deaf ministers and um, you know, it's a huge, I mean, there's so many opportunities. I mean, you could practically go anywhere because the cool thing about deaf ministry is no matter where you are, there will always be deaf people. 
And there are a lot of deaf people in Latin America. I think I was surprised by how many there really are. I mean, I run into deaf people in the grocery store that I've never even met. I, I mean, it's incredible. And I, almost every week, I mean, I wouldn't say every week, but the majority of the weeks when we have church, we'll have guests and deaf people that I've never even met. And I've been going to that church like, you know, for almost two years now. So it's, it's incredible how many deaf people there are and what a need there is for the deaf. I mean, there are, in Nicaragua, there are thousands and thousands of deaf people. And um, there's not an, I, I would say there's not enough churches. They need, they need churches more than anything, I think. A place where they can learn about God and uh, build a community that's Christ-centered. Yeah. Amen. Um, we put this uh, email on the screen, lacpipeline at ag.org. Um, we did an interview with Leah a couple of weeks back about this, but um, that's uh, for anyone interested in, uh, especially the, the SCU students saying, hey, what's my next steps? Um, uh, contact that pipeline, email that uh, LAC pipeline, and they can help you with all that. They can link you to uh, opportunities to missionaries um, and uh, and all of the the things there. We just want to thank you so much for taking the time and sharing um, with all those who are listening. I think it was extremely beneficial for everyone who is listening now and for those who are going to tune in uh, to the replay. Um, so maybe uh, as we as we say goodbye, maybe you could sign um, in using Nicaraguan uh, sign language. Maybe <laughs> to put you on the spot, uh, <laughs> just sign a prayer to us um, as we go. Um, all right. You make me nervous now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do it without my voice. Okay. Amen. Powerful. I'm sorry. Well, prayer is powerful no matter what language is in. You don't have to understand it for it to work. Amen. That that is the Thank you so much for joining us. Season two will be coming later this year, and it will be full of fresh interviews from missionaries all over Latin America and the Caribbean, and we can't wait. We hope you love this conversation as much as we did, and we're really excited to bring you more of the one-of-a-kind testimonies and perspectives you can only get over coffee with a missionary.